Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm your host, Howard Bender. With me, of course, Adam Ronis. Uh, we're here from uh, thanks from Fantasy Alarm family and uh, here on the Sawdust Podcast Network. Whoa, week thirteen, um, almost in the books, Adam. It's been uh, quite the Sunday here. Um, I would have to say, though, overall, I mean, if I'm going to like grade level of excitement on a scale of one to ten, I'd kind of put this week as like a four, five. Really didn't have like the the kind of super excitement that I thought I was going to say. Yeah, I agree, especially in the afternoon games. My goodness, it took forever to get going in any action. So, yeah, I agree with that, too. We saw a lot of down performances. We saw a team get shut out. Uh, another team score only seven. Uh, even in the Sunday night game, the usual explosive Chiefs offense set, settled for like 17 field goals. So, yeah, it was one of those weeks. And uh, I, I think this week was a lot of players who really have been quiet most of the year put up big weeks. And I feel like a lot of those teams have already been eliminated. Yeah, uh, that kind of seems like the way it went. I mean, it really was. It was yeah, it was just it was just kind of beat. Um, you know, I mean, let's start with the shutout that, you know, I mean, at least let, let's let's hit that because blew me away. Right. The Patriots, 35, nothing over the 45, nothing over the, the Chargers. I mean, we, we kind of, you know, we knew that it was coming at some point that Justin Herbert was going to put up a blah game. Doesn't really come as much of a surprise that it was against the Patriots and Belichick. Um, rookie QBs never seem to, uh, to do well against him, but I mean, this was, this was beyond bad. This was, I mean, this was, this was horrible. Two picks for Herbert, 209 yards, got sacked three times, two picks. Um, you know, I, I don't, the play calling was blah. They just, they couldn't get anything going, uh, uh, you know, on, on their, their front. And, uh, yeah, man, it's just lame duck. I mean, obviously, you got to go back to Herbert the next week, right? But, you know, do other teams, like, follow the Patriots' game plan now on how to neutralize Herbert? No, this is clearly a Bill Belichick thing. I mean, we talked about it last week when we were previewing the games. I said it's simple. Bill Belichick versus Anthony Lynn. Oh, case closed. Lynn. I mean, case closed, and the Chargers blow it. So did anyone think it would be this lopsided? No. Uh, but look, I think you had to play Justin Herbert unless you clearly had a better option. Like I had Herbert or Stafford. I couldn't play Stafford. And now I know Stafford had the big game, but the way Stafford has played with no Kenny Galladay, no DeAndre Swift going up against the Bears, I couldn't play Stafford. And, you know, Herbert had the bad game. But no, nah, I mean, Belichick did this to Kyler Murray last week. So he does this against inexperienced quarterbacks. He's going to figure out a way to slow him down. But I think you go right back to Herbert next week. They're playing Atlanta. And I know Atlanta's defense has played better, but it's going to be night and day from a Bill Belichick defense. Wow, night and day. Night and day. I mean, this was just, this was downright abusive. I mean, I was, I mean, at one point, I, you know, and I, I started Herbert in my, uh, in my jam on league. I had, uh, it was either him or, or Taysom Hill. I was like, ah, you know, I'm going to probably stay. That, that, that's more of a debate than Herbert Stafford. I still had Herbert higher, but that's more of a debate. A little bit. I mean, you think that, that, you know, the Falcons, they just saw Taysom Hill two weeks ago. Um, but the on the other side of it, it is Taysom Hill has a couple more games of experience starting under his belt. You know, I think that's what 
people kind of forgot. I mean, I used Taysom Hill in two leagues. I'm not I saying him, he, I used him in another league also. Yeah. So I think he was a fine play. Again, the running upside that he provides, that that floor is just high because we see him continuously take off. So people can say what they want and knock him. But, I mean, in the chat this morning on FantasyLorm.com, you know, Taysom Hill was given out as an answer to start as a quarterback pretty often for me. Yeah. 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 You had him ranked. You had him ranked in the top 10, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, I, I think with his rushing upside, you have to. Yeah. yeah Even, yeah. I mean, look, look, and there were some quarterbacks this week where, I mean, look, we knew Carr would bounce back. Uh, actually, I had Taysom Hill ranked nine. That's a, That would be inside the top 10. Yes. Okay. I was just giving the precise <laughs> ranking. That's all. I wasn't questioning you. I was for the people listening out there. <laughs> It's been a long day, Adam. It's been a very long day. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's hit that game then, because I, I really have nothing else to say. I'm not going to talk pro Patriots or Cam Newton or all the other nonsense there. Dude passed for 69 yards, man, and the team won 45 nothing. Right. Poach. He has two two, two rushing touchdowns. He has 11 rushing touchdowns in the year and four passing touchdowns. Selfish fuck. Oh damn. <laughs> Well, then let's just move over to the Saints-Falcons game here because Taysom Hill, uh, Mazel Tov, his first ever passing touchdown. Uh, that was uh, it was a nice little moment for him. Traquan Smith caught that first one. Uh, the, the mysterious, you never know when it's coming, Jared Cook touchdown catch. That was the other one there. Uh, Hill rushed for 83 yards. Hey, look at that, Alvin Kamara. Got into the end zone today, right? That was um, that was pretty funny there, man, because there were so many questions on Sunday asking me about benching Kamara. Like, Devontae Booker or Alvin Kamara. I was like, really? Like, come on, man. Yeah, I, that's where people go nuts, man. It's just like, look, you had Kamara, you play him. Simple. Case closed, man. I mean, was he a top five running back like recent weeks? No, but he was still an RB1. And you know at some point – He's going to score a touchdown. It's still not enough in the passing game. You know, only two receptions uh, better than the last couple weeks. Uh, but still, you knew that he was going to get more volume. It was going to be a more competitive game. They essentially said last week that they knew they were going to win, and they kind of eased up on Kamara. But we saw way less Latavius Murray this week, just five carries for 17 yards. So, you know, you obviously – would like to see Breeze in there. And there's some reports that he could be back next week. We'll have to wait and see. But either way, you're just plugging Kamara in your lineup every week. Yeah. Same with Michael Thomas for me. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that was another thing. I got into it with uh, with Jen Piacenti uh, this morning on the on the Fantasy Alarm live stream. And she was like, oh, I'm all down on Michael Thomas. I'm like, why are you down on Michael Thomas? Two weeks ago against Atlanta, he had 12 targets. He caught nine passes for over 100 yards. I was, she's like, what did he do last week? I said, last week against Denver, a game that, that the Saints just really stopped playing altogether. Um, he didn't have a good game, but I mean, he's still the top targeted player on the team. And she was like, no, 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 no. Nine catches for 105 yards on 11 targets. I mean, near almost a nearly identical game to what he had two weeks ago. Uh, and if you benched him, well, I mean, I hope you got somebody who had either you know, 60 yards and a touchdown or had over a hundred yards also, because 
You know, I mean, it's, it's such the wrong time of the season to be playing screw around with your lineup and making these like, you know, these dumb choices. Well, yeah, last week's game, Denver Saints, you had to throw it out the window, you know, with uh, the situation with hitting that quarterback. Saints didn't need to do much at all on offense. So I don't care what the stats were last week. And Thomas was someone that you just had to put in. Yeah, it's just you have to do it. You have to do it. Um, on the other side of the game, Ridley and, and Julio both had decent games, um, but it was Russell Gage who caught the touchdown. Dude, how done are we with Todd Gurley? Well, I was done with him before the year, and oh. I know I, I know I kind of it didn't look good because he was scoring all those touchdowns. But again, man, you got to understand those touchdowns do not last. You had to look at everything else. He never had huge games on the ground. He never was heavily involved in the passing game. And you could see he's not the same player. And even today, uh, he didn't look 100%. And they spread the ball out. So I think it's going to be really difficult to play Gurley at all. I mean, he had eight carries for 16 yards. They had eight carries for Edo Smith, five for Brian Hill. I just think if you have Gurley, you can't be relying on him the rest of the way. No, I mean, he started the game, then he came out, then he went back in. When he went back in, I was watching him. I was like, oh, my God. It's like a like an old man trying, <laughs> trying yeah, to like. I mean, before he, he's got an arthritic knee, man. You yeah. know, you, it, at some point it was going to catch up to him. It was unreal, unreal. Well, Saints moved to ten and two. Uh, Falcons dropped to four and eight. Kind of a mediocre to blog game from Matt Ryan. I mean, I think we're we're at this point now, man. It's really disappointing that this Atlanta passing attack is. Uh, a thing of the past, or, I mean, it's, it's just not as, I mean, again, you just saw the saints two weeks ago. It's a divisional game. So obviously they play tight. They play close. I'm not writing off the, uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, they got the chargers next week. They, they should be able to do well against the chargers next week. I mean, although I'll tell you what, man, uh, if they fire Anthony Lynn tomorrow, I'm, Hands down, no question. I'm just taking the Chargers. Taking the Chargers and whatever points they're getting. Chargers have talent. Uh, I said when it was 28 nothing. if you switch coaches today, Chargers would have been up 28 nothing. They have more talent than the Patriots. Yeah. Anthony Lynn is, is uh, he's just a lame duck coach. He's just not, not good. Maybe he's fine as a coordinator, but as a head coach, he's just – he's a mess. He's a, he's a hot mess. So There's no way this team should be as bad as they are. No, just, they should so. not have three wins in the state of today's NFL. What do you think the chances are of him getting fired this week? This week? I don't think so. Damn. Because you know, Adam, 67% of the time, it works in betting every time. Yeah. You know it, dude. Come on, Detroit. They covered the spread. I did, I did like Detroit this week. They won outright for crying out loud. Well, the Bears suck too. And I, <laughs> and I and I told, man, there were way too many people who were high on Trubisky this week. I was just like, nah, it's a trap, bro. Like, I know he had history against Detroit, but I couldn't do it. Like, in a super flex league, I played him. But there were people saying, oh, he's a borderline QB1. I'm like, what are you talking about? I had him ranked at 19, man. It's just this was inevitable. It was going to happen. And he had a mediocre game. I mean, they ran the ball very well. So the David Montgomery situation worked out. 17 carries, 72 yards. Yet 
It's amazing. Montgomery's shredding them, and they still got to go to Cordero Patterson for 10 carries. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. I don't really understand that move. I, that's just that's just Matt Nagy, and, and it doesn't – I don't know, man. It just it doesn't work for me. It really doesn't. And, you know, and listen, my, Montgomery I was having a good, solid day. I mean – Yeah, I, and he still had a good fantasy day, but, I mean, he had 21 touches. Tough to complain, right? Right, right, right. No, but, I mean – <laughs> stick with the one running back. Cordero Patterson isn't bringing something new, fresh, and exciting to the game anymore. We know Cordero Patterson is, right? I mean, he's just he's he's gimmick, he's gadget. If he were, you know, if if he were that good, he'd be, you know, that that you should be, you know, using him as a hybrid player, which is what they try to do with him. That his stats would be off the friggin' charts, but they're not. They're so they're so pedestrian that it's just, you know, it's like it it it, it wears thin. It really wears thin on you. I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, look, if you've held on to Montgomery and you're still in contention, it's worked out. You know, he had the big game like we expected. We knew he'd be popular in DFS and at least he got you the two touchdowns also added four catches for 39 yards and they do have a good schedule ahead but man the Bears are just we all sat there like how's this team five and one well they've lost six in a row so things have evened out (laughs) (laughs) yeah Stafford really picked him apart 402 yards three touchdowns I mean he did all of his damage in the uh in the second half the first half was kind of a of a ho-hum half there um (laughs) Imagine, imagine what Detroit would have been like if DeAndre Swift were there. Like, I'm sorry, man. This I know. I was thinking the same thing today. Peterson has four touchdowns over the last two games. I'm like, oh, that could have been DeAndre Swift. So upsetting. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. Uh, Marvin Jones, rock solid. Thank you. TJ Hawkinson, good solid day for a tight end. Uh, Sandro Anello, uh, Adam wanted me to tell you that he had Quintus Cephas in the optimizer and he knew this touchdown was coming. Okay. Well, you know, he always hits like one out of, uh, every 346 <laughs> picks. So I guess he found his one this week. <laughs> does he, does he, does he tell you to tell me when his guy gets zero receptions and zero targets? No, he doesn't say anything, right? Okay. Uh, well, no, yeah, he keeps going back to that Chris Moore well over and over again. <laughs> yeah, that's working out fine. <laughs> right? That's been great. I would t- I've been using him in DFS he met every COVID week. And he still is uh, non-existent. Oh, man. But yeah, I agree with you that that everybody was in on Trubisky. I had Trubisky in the playbook. I mean, it really was a nice matchup. I didn't rely on him. You know, my cash game quarterbacks. Um, my cash game QB was uh, was Aaron Rodgers all day today. Used him everywhere. All my cash lineups hit nicely. Um, I tried a couple of different things with. Um, I just tried to go against the grain on uh, on Kyler Murray and and. Russell Wilson this week. Um, you know, everybody was down on Murray because of the shoulder and he wasn't running as much. And, you know, it just seemed like, you know, this is just one of those game theory things where it's like everybody's against him. Everybody's down on him. He's going to have low ownership. It is a, a good spot for him in this divisional game and yada, yada, yada. That didn't work out. Same thing with Russell Wilson. Everybody was like, oh, the, 
Seahawks are running the ball, running the ball, running the ball. Russell Wilson's not doing anything. Oh, they get the Giants here. That should be a a nice spot for them. And and that didn't work out. It was either going with those guys or doing like the Trubisky or, as it turned out to be great, Baker Mayfield um, was the other uh, the other low end one. Oh, and Derek Carr, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I think it was easy to see Carr was going to bounce back. I mean, that was like the perfect scenario because Carr let everyone down last week. I mean, did yeah. you really think he was not going to come through against the Jets? Uh, it's just. With Trubisky, look, if you played him in the DFS, uh, I understand. It was touch and but... go for a few. Come on. <laughs> uh, okay, but he, he came through, though, in the end. He had yeah. three passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. I mean, it's a 60-minute game, right? It, uh, last I saw, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it worked out. I mean, you figured he was going to put up numbers. With Trubisky, DFS, I understand he's cheap, but I just felt like in seasonal, like people were going out of their way to play him over other quarterbacks, and I didn't understand it. Yeah, well, like why would you play what was what was over- what was the weirdest one? What was the what was the most oddball one where you were like, what what what's wrong with you? Why do you keep asking these stupid questions? Like, why would you play Trubisky over Cousins or Carr? Agreed. Like I I didn't understand that. So and, and people would just it seemed like pushing him a lot this week. So I didn't get it. I understand the history with Detroit and everything. It's still Mitch Trubisky. It still is Mitch Trubisky. Um, yeah, 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 it was not a, it was not a strong performance from him. Um, the other two, obviously, I mean, we can, uh, we can hit that, um, Vegas against the jets. That was, um, you know, I mean, listen, it was, uh, it was a little suspect early on for, for Derek Carr and the, and the Raiders, but you know, you just kind of knew that they were going to turn things around. Or you figured they were going to, and, and they did eventually. But, um, really, Carr three eighty one, what three with any? Yeah, and he ran one in. How about um, Darren Waller? How about a two hundred yard two two touchdown tight end? Yeah, he uh, cost me some money. Uh, he was my opponent in the GST <laughs> league. I mean, if he doesn't have that big game, then I probably have a shot to get the best record. Uh, now I don't. So I have him in only one league, but my goodness, man. I mean, the Jets just let him run wild. And, you know, Waller, the tight end rankings are easy every week. Kelsey one, Waller two, Hawkinson three. Then it starts from there. I mean, basically that's what it is with George Kittle out, right? I mean, and Mark Andrews. And Mark Andrews with the Lamar Jackson issue and dealing with COVID, it's the same thing every week. Now, obviously, Waller was the number one this week, but you had Waller. You start him. Yeah, it was just – it's ridiculous. Uh, He just was wide open all game long. Just a a sick game for Waller. And, you know, probably – you know, with no Kelsey on the main slate too, if you were paying up for tight end, Waller had to be the choice. Yeah, oh, he was. He was the cover boy of the example lineups for me today. He was in my cash lineups. Absolutely adored it. It was it was the it was a fantastic matchup. Like that's that's kind of where I'm at now with uh with cash games for DFS. Um it's either Kelsey or it's Waller. It's one or the other. Um and that's just it. You have to I mean if you're looking for and you can afford to pay up then you have to, you know, you have to hit one of those guys. I mean, you look at the tight end position around the other way. Um, the chalk tight end who everybody was on, funny enough, was Ferkser. 
right? I mean, it was $2,500. He was super cheap. And, you know, the expectations of, uh, of what he could do without Jonu Smith, um, you know, using Ferkser, who, you know, I mean, listen, five for 51 as a tight end goes for 2,500 bucks. That was great. That was fine. But I mean, to have paid down at some other spot and, you know, and, and being able to like take advantage of Waller, that was, uh, that would, that would have been nuts. That would have been nuts. Um, let me hit that Cleveland Tennessee game. Cause that's actually kind of, you and I were both of the same mindset, right? We were like Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, run, 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 run. How in the world is this game the highest over under? Well, yeah. Here we are. Here we are. Seventy six points later, <laughs> dude. You you want to check? So I did a. a uh, I do these teasers sometimes. I did a ten point teaser. I took under sixty three and a half, and still got whacked. It was yeah. the one one loss of my three ten point teaser. I was like, this is ridiculous. And it I, actually though, it was sitting at sixty one for a while, and then Tennessee decided to score in the fourth quarter. I was like, man, this is crazy, but. Uh, I think we both like Cleveland, though, getting the points as well. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. How would you do on your on your bets today? Because so far for the the super contest, which I usually throw in some side action also, um, 3-0 and right now. Feeling good. It was uh, the Browns plus 5.5. I took the Jags plus 10. And, and then I took the Rams minus 2.5. Yeah, I did pretty good, although uh, a couple parlays. I had a four-team money line parlay, and uh, Tennessee screwed that up. Like, I like the Browns with the points, but I thought Titans would win. So that that was the only loss. I had the Packers money line, Patriots money line, and Colts money line. And the Titans ruined it. Those but that's why parlays are not profitable. <laughs> but I still do them once in a while, you know, for a little bit, you know, because you do hit on them once in a while. So but for those listening, I would say don't be doing that all the time. If you have a little surplus money and you're feeling good about something. Uh, but over the long term, it's it's hard to consistently hit parlays because you need to get everyone right. I got three out of four. Not good enough. I don't cash. You went through a nice little streak, though, right? You you went through a oh, little yeah. streak NBA. where you kept hitting parlays. Yeah, NBA, and I and I do some of those single game parlays on FanDuel, like within the game. They you can't choose everything. They give you a lot of options. So I hit one of those on Thanksgiving in the Washington Dallas game. I hit another one after. Um, and if you lose it, they give you like I think up to twenty dollars credit back. So essentially, you get a free bet. So I think it's pretty appealing to do so i might do one in the monday night games i'll see what the numbers are but yeah it's just you know people see the payouts for parlays and they're like oh i want to do this it's it's difficult to hit long term if you start tracking your parlays you'll see that it's really not profitable but what if you really feel good like say the the one i did you should also bet each individual game too in case you do go three and one at least you make some money yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's like playing, you know, big contests in DFS. It's just, you know, odds are stacked against you. So to sit there and consistently hit parlays, yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely on the risky side. It's like buying into Corey Davis on a regular basis. You're still not giving him any credit, huh? Uh, no, no way, dude. No <laughs> Come way. Come on, bro. 
Come on, man. He's balling out. A.J. Brown got hurt. That was the... Uh, that That's was not the... why. Corey Davis is... Well, A.J. Brown did roll his ankle, but he came back in. He also dropped a couple... Pa- I don't know what. A.J. Brown had on his gloves today too he got stripped at the one yard line and that's the play where Mikel Michael Pruitt picked it up and scored and then he had another long pass in the game that he dropped man so but yeah Corey Davis has had a look I was not on Corey Davis for this year so I, I was out on this one but he is having that Devontae Parker season from last year well you know what though I mean how is he having uh, yes okay 182 and a touchdown this week great last week three for 70 no biggie the week before, five for one thirteen. Good game. Wait, week- wait, wait. Five for one thirteen? Oh, just a good game? Like it's nothing? Are you kidding me? This guy wasn't even drafted in most leagues this year. He's a double digit he's a double digit points in PPR in four straight games. What did you pay for him? Four straight games? What are you talking about? He was th- Yeah, three for uh, seventy. Oh, yeah, all right. 10. So three for seventy. Yeah, ten points. Big for right. big whoop. Come on. Yeah, that's a guy that you paid nothing for or got off the waiver wire. Yeah. He had eight for one twenty-eight in a touchdown against the Bengals. Six for but thirty-five. But you're not starting this dude consistently. Like that's well, the you thing. should be by now. You should be by now. There was nothing. Come team. on. I don't know why you just don't give him credit at this point. Because you know what? Because three for seventy or five for sixty-seven, uh, or or how about a game where he comes up with a donut against Chicago? Like I, I, there's you know there, there's a lack of consistency there. And that you know, and that's not a he's that's not a that's not a, a guy who PPR formats in six of the last seven games that he's played. You would actually uh, seven he, of the la- actually more than that, bro, dude. Like every game except that Bears game that you want to highlight, he's had double digit points in PPR every game he's played since this whole year. You need to reassess this, man. I don't need to reassess shit, dude. The wrong view, on this, the thing bro. is the thing is is that. This is what he's been doing. Okay, fine, but you can't tell me that people or or anybody who owns him. Do you own him in any league? I don't. You can't tell me that people who own this guy are using him regularly. Like I'm sorry. Well, you just, find out. Howard, what more do you need to see from Corey Davis to not put him in your lineup? Dude, I had last twenty nine. I had him last week three for seventy. Yeah, that's ten points. You're telling me that you were like, oh, yeah, I'm psyched about starting him against Indianapolis. Or the week before that, you were like, yeah, after he went five for 67 with no touchdown. Yeah, I'm really psyched to start him against Baltimore. Like, Dude, I, you look at the matchups here. You know how many wide receivers don't reach that mark every week? Um, Not many. That's what I'm saying. He's been no, really no, no, good. I mean, year. there are a lot of guys who can hit 10 points, dude. All right, so so if you're – Corey Davis, I ranked 29th this week in PPR. So if you're you're ranking him every week, you're putting him at 45 to 50? I don't know. It depends on the week. It depends on the matchup. And that's the thing. I'm not going to sit there and I'm not going to look at him and, and, and look at what he's done and then say, okay, well, how's he going to do against Baltimore? How's he going to do against Indianapolis? Right? I mean, those games weren't great games. They're tough divisional games that he's, you know, that he hasn't had success in there. And you know what? 11 to 10 to 12 points, which is what he got in two out of those three games that you're talking about. Uh, you know, not impressive. Dude, dude, he's hit double digit points in PPR formats in every game this year, except one. Dude, five for 50 is not a tough feat in this it's, passing NFL. Okay, bro. 
Do you know how many receivers don't hit that on a weekly basis that you're probably starting? Uh, do you know how many receivers do hit that on a regular basis that you're not starting? Not as many as you think. Are you kidding? Come on. There's no way. There's no way. I think th- when you hit double-digit points in PPR formats in every game except one, you're a very valuable receiver. You're a valuable receiver, not a very valuable but receiver. But you're acting like you he's non-startable this whole year. I'm not saying That's that he's what... not startable. I'm saying he is a matchup-based guy. He is not a guy who I feel comfortable saying, oh, I got Corey Davis. Yeah, let me lock him in as my third wide receiver no matter what. So what, what does he have to do for you to do that? He has to show me some consistency. And you know, I'm sorry, but you know what? Going 10 points this week and going, you know, or, or, you know, whatever he had this week, you know, 20 odd points, 30 odd points this week. Right. Then he had 10. Right. And the week 10. before that, he had 16.3. And then the week before that, he had 11. 11. And then the 7. week before that, he had zero. Like, that's okay, not Okay, what about the week before that when he had 26? Adam? 26 that's, the week before. 15 run of the, the mill. It's run of the mill. Uh, you're wrong on this, bro. No, I'm telling you, you're wrong on this. Okay. Um, th- just we've we've seen it. We've you know, look at. Uh, let me go to your ranking. I'm go. I'm just. He was 29th this week. Happily go to your rankings here. Hang 29th. On one second. Hang. I I got you. 29th. No problem. I'm just saying 10, 10 points is is run of the mill. 29. Oh, half point PPR. You have him at 28. Bum 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 bum. Yeah, you had Marvin Jones, 32nd. Where, where, where are you on that one there, champ? Uh, Corey Davis had a better game. Tyler Boyd, 35th. Yeah, but these are 10-point guys. These are 10-point guys. You had Beasley ahead of him. You had Pittman ahead of him. You had Amari Cooper. And, and Pittman didn't have a better game. We'll see what happens with Amari Cooper. Brandon Cooks you had ahead of him. I had him as a wide receiver three, which means in most leagues you're starting him. And I'm telling you, man, I just, I disagree. I disagree with you in the, in, in a, in a pass happy NFL, 10 points from a wide receiver, every other game. That's, that's run of the mill. That's not, you know, it's, how's it, dude, it's not, dude, it's not every other game. He's had double digit points in PPR in every game this year, except one, not every other game, every game, except one. No, t- find me the receivers that do that. How many do you think there are? I don't know. What kind of a database am I looking for in that, Adam? I, dude, I go through it every year. I refer to it when I write articles. Right, so all I'm, you got to do is just look at game logs. Right. But I mean, if, okay. So just let's name some receivers here and let's uh, play the game log game then. I just, I, again, I think that 10 points is, I'm trying to think of somebody who I would, you know, put as like a, like a comparable level of, with, with Corey Davis. But you know, we're like, still, a, like a guy who, not, a he's, guy who you look at and you look at his numbers and you say, yeah, you know, when you you look at Corey Davis overall and then you look at the matchup and you're like, okay, he's against the Colts. Okay, he's against Baltimore. Like, where you, you rank him there? You say 29th this well, this week was uh, against Cleveland. <clears throat> I can't, yeah, unfortunately I can't go back. Can I go back and look at your rankings of where you've had him before? Yes, I can. So where did you have him? Last week, Corey Davis. You had him in half point PPR. You had him in uh, at 28th this week. And going back around, Corey Davis. Corey Davis. Well, I've been wrong on him. You had him 39th. 
Yeah, and I've been been we've been wrong on him. Because he performs every week. <laughs> I think you're underestimating the number of receivers who can post 10 points, dude. I think you're overestimating it outside of the elite wide receivers. Once you get into this little tier here, it's not as many as you think. I think that's a very valuable receiver. He's 21 in points per game at PPR formats this year. 21 at wide receiver. I mean, Devontae Parker, Parker hasn't reached double digits in three of his last six. Well, Devontae Parker's got a quarterback issue. I'd much rather I'd much rather have Tannehill throw me the ball than Tua. What about Jarvis Landry? He hasn't reached it in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games this year. He hasn't reached double digit points of PPR. Yeah, Baker Mayfield sucks, dude. Right? Oh, ask, okay. Ask anybody. So it's excuses now. DJ Chark hasn't done it several <laughs> times. DJ Chark, you're going to talk about the Jacksonville quarterbacks in comparison to Tannehill. Okay, so now it's the quarterback? You I'm said it's a lot of receivers are easily. Wasn't DJ Chark drafted way ahead of Corey Davis? Um, Yeah, he was. He definitely was. By you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm admitting that I, we, I'm wrong on Corey Davis. He's, had, he's having the Devontae Parker year. A guy who's been in the league several years, who disappointed, and is now performing. Yeah, well, all right, man. Well, what what did Parker have in touchdowns that year? Seven, eight. He's not going to have the exact numbers of Parker. I'm not saying the exact numbers, but you know what? Because he's mean, missed games too, I wanna, but he's I, been productive. I want to look at. I want to look at Devante. So Devante Parker's game log in 2019. Uh, let me go to. Let me go to the old football reference here and. Pop that up there and see what we got. Parker. Devontae Parker. Game log for 2019. Dun, 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 dun. Three for 75 to open the season. Then he went zero for zero, three for 56, four for 70. Uh, with a touchdown, three for 28 with a touchdown. Then it was five for 55 with a touchdown, six for 59. Yeah, that's that's uh, double digit points, four for 57 with a touchdown, five for 69, seven for 35. Yeah, you know what? He is having a, a very similar year to what Devontae Parker had last year. It's very up and down, and some of those like down games or middling games. <gasps> uh oh, week 13. Devontae Parker last year, two for 28. That ruins your streak. Sorry, kid. Oh, well. That's a, you're right as far as like a very similar game log. Very similar game log. And he cost you nothing. He wasn't drafted in most leagues. He didn't cost me a thing, dude. You know why? Because I don't own him. I don't either. And no, actually, he's 18th in points per game in PPR formats among wide receivers. 18th. More than Godwin, Claypool, Robbie Anderson, who's having a great year, Tyler oh, Boyd, dude. Mike I mean, listen, Evans. You know what? Yeah, you could talk about James Robinson. I got for nothing, and and he's been better than like you know eighty five percent of the 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 running backs who were taken in the top five rounds. Okay, but you give him credit. You're giving Corey Davis no credit. 
I'm just saying that for for a wide receiver, I think there's there's a lot more wide receivers who can give you ten points in a week than Corey. Okay, Davis. there's only there's only seventeen right now who average more per game than him in PPR. So that's pretty. Don't isn't that pretty good that he's 18th in points per game in PPR formats? It's okay. That's not good. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Listen again. Here's here's what I'm saying. The people who own Corey Davis. <clears throat> aren't sitting with Corey Davis in their starting lineup every week. He's not in their lineup every week. And you know what? You know how I know this? Because I get a million fucking questions every single week. And Corey Davis is smack dab in the middle of them. He is in every single time when you ask a question, who do I start this week? And they rattle off five wide receiver names, right? And... You know, and Corey Davis's name is right there. He is not somebody who everybody just every week says, this is a guy I start. Now, I'm not talking about the idiots who are like, do I bench Michael Thomas, So you know, for, for Cole Beasley this week because Taysom Hill's the quarterback. I'm not talking about questions like that. I'm just talking about consistent questions regarding that. And when you see things like Chase Claypool or Corey Davis, I'm, you know, where are you going to lean? Are you going to lean with Corey Davis and hope that he gets you those 10 points? Or are you going to go with a, a a guy like Chase Claypool? Like, I mean, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's a, it's, it's the, the lack of sexiness to it that he's just, if you leave him in your lineup event by the end of the season, these are the numbers you're going to get from him. But you know, outside of, you know, a game like this today, 11, and one, which is, you know, not the norm for him. You know, you're you're gonna sit there and you're gonna you're gonna look to other guys to to see what else you can get. Well, that's the mistake people make. At some point, you have to look at the production that's being put up consistently and forget about the names and not playing them over some of these name guys. <sighs> Moving right along. I mean, we're 13 weeks into the season, so I don't know what else you need to see at this. We point, are 13 but... weeks in the season. All I'm saying, the only, listen, the point that I'm making here. Okay, is that you want to sit there and 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 you know have a huge heart on for a guy when he gets? I don't even 10, own him, bro. Ten and or I eleven didn't points. The year. That's fine. What I'm saying is, is that this is not a this is not a receiver that people leave in their lineup every single week. He is not a lockdown guy. He is a matchup based player. And and sorry, yes, you can say double digit points for every game. He's averaging that. Blah blah blah. Ten, eleven points is not not something to write home about right now. It's not. Yes, you know what? When he has a a, a 25-point game, it brings that average up nicely so that it looks like it's, you know, it's fantastic. But 10 or 11 points, if you're getting 10 or 11 points from a guy every week, you're not that's not you're not, you're not satisfied with that. You're not excited about that. You're you're always going to be looking to to find somebody else with better upside than that. I guess now's a good time to thank our sponsor at Monkey Knife Fight and the DFS site you should be playing on. Because Adam's not saying anything right now. Well, so because we'll you say- want to move on, you said, right? And I keep <laughs> telling you the numbers and you keep backing away from it. So let's move on. I'm not backing away from the numbers. I think you're overemphasizing what 10 or 11 points is in a PPR format. He's averaging 15.7 per game. That's 18th at wide receiver. 
Yes. How many games? You know what? What's the swing within all of those games? That's what I'm yeah, talking has, about here. He you can two, say that he's averaging 15 points, but if he's got five games that are like 10 or 11 points, and then he's got five games that are 20 to 25 points, well, guess what? That's not really wildly consistent, is it? So are some of the other guys right around him with bigger names. Chris Godwin, same thing. Robbie Anderson, who's had a great year, right? He's had 11, 9, 13, 11. You would probably say, oh, yeah, Robbie Anderson automatically over Corey Davis, correct? Again, it would depend on the matchup. I wouldn't say yes all the way to Robbie Anderson either. It would depend on the matchup. That's all I'm saying. I just, you know, I can't sit there and get excited about a guy who half the time gives me maybe 10 to 12 points. That's not... That's not doing it on a weekly basis for me. I mean, obviously you wanna you wanna try and 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 maximize the the points that you're getting there. And if you think that some other guy has got better potential to hit you, you know, 20 point game as opposed to, well, Corey Davis will give me 10, which way are you gonna go? I mean, again, he's averaging 15, man. Oh you're not God. you're just not giving him you're any. You're so credit. missing the point. Rough. You're so missing oh, think- the point. Okay, so DJ Chark's an automatic start over Corey Davis? Not an automatic start. You can't listen. There are there, there are few guys out there who you can say are an automatic start. And as much as I love DJ Chark, look at what he's dealing with at quarterback, and that's a big deal. And you can't just sit there and say that I'm making an excuse because it's a quarterback. I'm just saying flat out that you can't go from Jake Luton. And and Mike Glennon and and the the and, and freaking Gardner Minshew, and talk about DJ Chark and his lack of consistency and 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 stuff like that. So no, I can't say that I'm going to guarantee starting DJ Chark over Corey Davis every single time. It has so to. So how be. many how many receivers do you think are like automatic starts over Corey Davis every week? Um, I don't know. I haven't counted. About. I don't know. I, I, 15 to 20. Okay. Only fifth. So that means he's a wide receiver three. What's wrong with that? I'm not saying, Oh my God, dude, you are, bro. you've given him no credit. You, you said, I'm not no- giving him no credit. What I'm saying to you is he is a matchup based guy for me. He is not a guy who I am leaving in my lineup. No matter what, you can't tell me that if you owned Corey Davis, that he would be in your starting lineup every single week. You can't tell me that. I didn't say that. But you're acting like that's the what what should be. But you're you're acting like he's a piece of shit and not valuable. No, that's not not true. What I'm saying to you is, is that I'm not going to sit here and and like, you know, go over the moon for Corey Davis when, yeah, he puts up just as many 10, 12 bullshit point games as he does having a good solid game. And like you said, there's only about 15 receivers who are probably better at that. So I think that's pretty good. Then that's fine. I, I'm not saying if he were, <laughs> again, you're so funny sometimes with this, man. I mean, it's, it, it cracks me up. You're, you're, you're either just not catching the point or you're just disagreeing because you want me to sit here and like rave over some guy who half the I don't time he gets you 10 I don't want you to rave points. over him, but you've given him no credit the entire year. So what? 
Who gives a shit if I give him credit for the entire year? I think he's, he is, to me, he is a wide receiver three, wide receiver four, wide receiver five. He is in that realm. And sometimes he has a good game and sometimes he doesn't have a good game. And that's just, that's just fact. No, it's so okay. why, it's why not a fact. To, why do I have to fucking give this guy credit? It's not for, a fact. For having one good it's season. Not a fact. Okay. First of all, we're not talking about his previous career. We're talking this year. I'm saying he's had you want one bet. You, you want me to like sit here and go year. off on the guy? I don't care about the guy. I don't either. I don't own him, and I didn't pip him out, and I was wrong. He's had a good year. He, people got him off the waiver wire. <laughs> they didn't draft. They didn't pay anything for him, and he's been good. Yes, he has been good. Correct. Correct. He's been good. Hasn't been great. Not somebody well, you want to leave in your lineup every players. Week. There's very few great players at wide receiver this year. Dude, well, there's there's very few great anything this year. <laughs> oh, man. I only wish that we, you and I were doing this podcast last year so we could have had the same exact argument over Devontae Parker. <laughs> well, Parker's the guy I've always loved. So, oh, really? And I, and, oh. and I didn't own him last year. I bailed. Good for you. No, it wasn't good for me. He was on going <laughs> off on other teams. I had to deal with the years of being wrong on him. And then when I finally bail, he's going off on other teams. So no, it was not good for me. That's the uh it's the the classic move in fantasy, right? It's why everybody's always so afraid to trade away a guy when he's struggling because they're afraid that somebody he's gonna he's gonna succeed for somebody else. Devontae Parker just needed to get away from you. Maybe that's no, I need to was. get away from Adam Gase, clearly. Well, everybody needs to get away from Adam Gase. <laughs> All right, wait, before we go on, I, I really, we got to get this read. We've got to pay the bills. Got to keep the lights on, Adam. Got to keep you, you know, in the lifestyle that you've grown accustomed to. So uh, let's say thank you to Monkey Knife Fight for uh, being the most awesome DFS site that you guys should be playing on. And here's why. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else MonkeyNightFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTEUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> All right, where do you want to go now? Which which amazing wide receiver do you want to talk about this time? Uh, whoever you want. <laughs> How about Tyler Boyd? 
rocking it today and then punching somebody in the head and getting thrown it out. It wasn't even a punch, man. That was weak that they ejected both guys there. It was like a open it was so bad. But you know, at least he scored on that 72 yard touchdown. I did have to start boarding a couple leagues, so it was kind of disappointed to see him get ejected, but that was kind of weak. And it got uglier late in the game. Um I saw one of the Bengals stomp on one of the legs of the Dolphins. We saw uh, Grant get hammered on a punt return. It, it got ugly in this game. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. And, uh, and we, which is <clears throat> was weird for me, to be perfectly honest. Like a, a Miami-Cincinnati rivalry? Like where did this all – I don't really understand where it all began. I didn't see the way the fight started. I just saw the uh, – the uh, the camera hovering overhead, and I saw a couple of open handed slaps, but I didn't see anything like crazy nuts. Yeah, no, the Boyd uh, Howard skirmish was not that bad at all. I, I was surprised that they were ejected for that. Uh, but I mean, they hit. On I mean, the- look, this this is what we expected from the Bengals. We knew they wouldn't really do much in this game. I mean, Gio Bernard was someone that was really hard to start. I had to make a decision. I didn't play him. Uh, it's just. He, and he's been quiet now. It's like four straight games. Uh, Terrible. It, it's just you can't with the way this offense is. You know, and Allen got hurt in this game. We'll see what his status is for next week. They play Dallas. Uh, Ryan Finley came in. He's not good. So it's tough right now. I mean, really, you don't want to play Boyd or Higgins, but in some leagues you might have to. But that's it. I mean, you don't want to play Geo. You're not playing the quarterbacks. There's not much there. Tua got the start. He was okay. Nothing great. Miles Gaskin came through. If you used him, he did have a fumble. But, you know, we've seen with Miami, when they have Gaskin or Ahmed, they feed those backs. And Gaskin had 23 touches, so you're feeling good about him going forward. And uh, Gusecki came through. Had a nice one-handed catch, had a touchdown. So we'll see. Next week he'll probably have two points. <laughs> That's true. He will. Or or a day like Devontae Parker, you know, four for 35. Hey, man, you know, seven and a half points. Not too bad. All he needs is a 28-point game next week, and he'll be on pace for double-digit points every game, right? Well, he needs Ryan Fitzpatrick. So <laughs> Everybody needs Ryan Fitzpatrick. It was the dumbest idea in the world. Like, I don't understand. Like, why? Nah, you know what? I mean, it's what Brian Flores wants. It's what he's doing. It makes very little sense. You know, I mean, I can't he benched the dude two day two games ago. And I mean, it wasn't like Fitzpatrick was terrible that like Tua deserved to get the start. Did he get the start because it was against Cincinnati? If this were against a, a, a more formidable opponent, do you think uh, Fitz gets the start? I mean, see, Miami's in a tough spot because I understand what they're doing. You need to figure out if Tua is the guy like you can't just wait another couple years and they have all these draft picks coming up. I mean, Flores has done a really good job. Like this organization is in a good spot. They have a lot of draft picks ahead. You know, it's really not about this year. I mean, they're probably going to get in the playoffs, but realistically, are they going to go far? No. So they're kind of caught in a tough spot here because they need to figure out is two of the guy, you know, you spent a high draft pick on him. You can't sit there and like you go into year three or four and not know if he's the guy. Because we've seen what that does to organizations. It sets you back. You know, Jameis Winston, look how much time Tampa wasted on him, and then they let him go. So that's so that I understand kind of what Miami's doing here. And I think they're in a tough spot because you Ryan Fitzpatrick's not your future. So right. 
Do you th- if you think Ryan Fitzpatrick can lead you to the Super Bowl this year? Yeah, you go with him. But they probably don't feel that way. And is it really going to help Miami to just stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick, win 10 games, lose in the first round, win a playoff game? What does that really do for the organization? You need to find out is Tua the answer because you're, you know, you got to figure out if he's the guy or you're going to search for another quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at their schedule. They got Chiefs, Patriots, Raiders and Bills. They could lose three of those games. Yeah, they certainly that could. still might get them in. Yeah, dude, eight wins. Eight, you know, I mean, they win one more nine and seven. Nine and seven's a, a good season. Nine and seven's a playoff season, especially with the expanded playoffs. Yeah. No, I I think they've done an amazing job there. Uh their defense has been great. I know it was the Bengals today, but they've played good defense most of this year. They play, yeah. Oh man, definitely. Right, highest priced defense on uh, on the DFS slate today, and yeah. rightfully so. I mean, they had a couple of picks there. They had some uh, five sacks, six sacks in the game. Definitely a a solid defensive unit. Let me ask you a question here, because you know it was kind of funny with um, you know Miles Gaskin and he was activated today. Um, you look at it like a lot of what the bargain running backs were for DFS purposes, and you had Miles Gaskin. You had um, uh, David Montgomery. He was uh, he was priced down uh, in a great matchup, and then it was like, and then Devontae Booker shows up, or Josh Jacobs goes out on Friday, and he's declared out, and suddenly everybody and their grandma is in on Devontae Booker. Um, and I'm just curious as to to how you thought how you saw that kind of going in on the season on, on the weekend here because. To me, I was like, you know, I, I feel like everybody was just jumping on Booker because it was just a value running back. It's not, I think a lot of people in DFS just run to the value running backs without really assessing who's got value and who doesn't. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. I mean, Montgomery was clearly a better play than Booker. Yeah. I mean, again, it's just, look, and Booker had what, 16 touches? So in season long leagues, I thought he was an RB2. You know, I had to start him in a league, but I knew there was downside there. Uh, he didn't. Yeah, I think he caught one pass. I mean, obviously they were playing from behind a little bit, but in DFS, like the Raiders' run game hasn't even been great this year. We've seen Jacobs have some down games, and you knew that they would mix in Jalen Rashard a little bit. So DFS, I didn't think you needed to go there. I mean, Montgomery was the guy. I mean, against Detroit, you, it, Montgomery was the guy if you were going in that price range. And Gaskin would have been fine too. You know, I was not. Once I saw what the situation was with the Miami running backs. I was like, all right, Gaskin's going to get 20-plus touches. Yeah, well, you knew that was going to happen, which is why, yeah, when I was, like, looking at that, it was like Montgomery, Gaskin, and then, you know, then I would have taken a look at Booker and just been like, all right, you know, we'll just kind of have a look-see here. But I wasn't, like, wasn't enamored. And we talked about this last week, too. The Jets are better against the run. The way you beat them is via the pass. They're really beat up in the secondary, but they've been a solid team against the run this year. They've definitely been a solid team against the run. Absolutely. Listen, that was, that was, it was just my feeling about, you know, the, the running backs. I was just kind of curious as to, you know, your thoughts on that as well, whether or not you figured, um, you know, whatever that, that the, uh, the Devante Booker, it was, you know, it was the, the difference between good chalk, bad chalk, that kind of a thing. Yeah, it, it, it was bad. And I'm not just saying that after the fact, but you knew that there was risk there that, he would not come through. 
Yes, there's definite risk that he wouldn't come through. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, any other uh, any any other highlights from the the week for you here? I mean, we could go game by game here, but <laughs> we're we're already an hour into this podcast thanks to a a forty five minute argument about Corey Davis. Yeah. Um. One thing that stood out, I think, I think one of the biggest things that stood out was Sunday night. Clyde Edwards Hilaire was deemed active. He was out there on the sideline and didn't play. And Andy Reid, after the game, said that he had lost some weight with the stomach illness this week and they wanted to hold him out if they could. That was a really tough break because I cannot blame anyone that had CH in their lineup tonight because we got reports overnight that he was going to be active. There was nothing to say that he would be limited. You know, I had him ranked as an RB2, lower than usual, RB18. Part of that was, you know, Denver's pretty good and, you know, thought there might have been some better options this week. Uh, and we know that they've had a really tough time running the ball. I mean, everyone wants to blame CH this year for not scoring, but we saw Le'Veon Bell couldn't score. I think it's the run blocking is the, is the problem there. I agreed and you, you on see, that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Le'Veon Bell had a couple of opportunities inside, and you could say, well, Bell's done too. Um, all right, maybe. But that I thought was – that was a backbreaker, and that might have sent people home and – I can't blame anyone that waited on CH. There was no indication that he was going to be limited or wouldn't play. We heard he was active and we didn't hear any other reports. So I think that was one of the biggest things that happened this week. See, you know, it's kind of funny, but when I heard that CEH was, was sick, he was dealing with an illness that he hadn't practiced since, um, you know, since Wednesday, uh, I was putting together, I was just putting together some showdown lineups. I was in a 20 max contest and I actually ended up using Lev Bell a bunch because I was like, you know, I mean, if, if the dude's sick, he's probably, you know, well, that's showdown though. In season leagues, you would have benched him. Um, I mean, no, no. Well, I mean, well, actually, you know what? It probably would have depended on my options there. It really would have depended on my options because, um, yeah, because I, you know, I, I, I look at it and uh, and I just, you know, when like dudes are sick and they're not feeling well and they lose weight and shit like that happens. So it really, it kind of would. But I, depend. you, you heard reports before tonight that he lost weight. I didn't. Well, this was an Andy Reid quote after the game, right? Award the reason why. Well, when a dude's sick, dude, what do you think? What do you think's going on with him? Not everyone loses weight when they're sick. Not everyone loses weight when they're sick, but the dude had a stomach illness. I, I it was to me, it was told that it was a stomach illness and that he'd been out of practice since since Wednesday. When somebody but has a stomach, yeah, but the, he's active though. A stomach illness is diarrhea, dehydration, vomiting, stuff like that. But he was active. There was a report last night said he's going to be active. Like, I can't blame anyone that played him. I'm not blaming anybody who played him. I'm just saying I was off of him this weekend because of this illness. Okay. I mean, for showdown or just in general? For showdown's different. You have options. For showdown slate, yeah, I have options. When people were asking me questions yesterday... Uh, and I had seen the report that he missed practice on Saturday as well. Um, I was, I can't remember who all the people, who all the players were, but there were a couple of people who I said, I'd probably go 
in a different direction. I think I actually said I would start Jonathan Taylor over CEH this week. Well, I had Taylor ranked ahead of CEH. Oh, all right. Sorry, bad example. It was just the first one that came to my mind. I'm just saying, no, I, I'm not saying he was a must start. Like I said, I had him 18. So, yeah. you know, that's all right. Maybe you had a couple guys over him, but like, I can't, people are going to sit there and be like, oh, I can't believe I got a zero from him. I mean, when you start going down these running backs, man, a lot of them split. So, and again, I don't have them anywhere. So I didn't get burned by this. So I don't, but I, I always look at, what led up to it, and did you make the right move or not? I can't blame anyone for playing CH. You hear last night report from Schefter, I think it was, uh, sources indicate he's going to play. Then you hear before the game he's active. Who could have seen that he was on the sideline? He was standing on the sidelines. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're watching and you're seeing him there. Like, so I guess he was an emergency. That's it. I guess if Bell or Williams went down, that's the only reason why he came in. So. I don't know, because we've seen players have illnesses, don't practice and show up and play. So it's not like there's a precedent of, oh, well, the last 10 times this happened, the guys didn't play. So I can't blame anyone if they had CEH in their season-long lineup. No, I can't blame anybody for doing it either. I mean, listen, again, the the status of the the running back position overall uh, is pretty crappy. If there were some, you know, some spots where you you thought it would be a nice option, then yeah, okay, fine, you can – you know, pick and choose, but you know, yeah, listen, I, I wouldn't, you know, for somebody, if, if somebody was sitting there and they were like, Oh, I've got CEH or Devante Booker. I would have been like, you got to start CEH. <laughs> I don't care. If he's got a bellyache. That's what, that's what I'm doing. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a tough spot. It's definitely a tough spot. Yeah. But also the theme of this week, a lot of guys that people have been disappointed by. I mean, look at the top five, yardage passing leaders for quarterbacks Stafford Tannehill Carr Goff and Watson <laughs> right I mean gross like, crew yeah and then even even uh, running backs your guy Ty Johnson from the Jets was fifth 104 rushing yards right I mean Frank Gore got hurt with a concussion go, go, Wayne Goleman against Seattle <laughs> 135 rushing yards and Alfred Morris gets both touchdowns <laughs> that was that was really aggravating actually that was really really aggravating and i don't i didn't even start wayne gallman anywhere yeah i don't i have him in one league i didn't play him but yeah oh that that must have really sucked i mean this guy puts up 135 on seattle he had he had a long 60 yard run came out and a couple plays later morris scores and then morris has a receiving touchdown too which the dude never caught passes so it was just one of those Odd weeks and, you know, Seattle not showing up at home. I mean, that was a, a huge win for the Giants. I mean, they played so well defensively in this game. And uh, I think we discussed it last week. Like, Russell Wilson, man, he did this last year. Just not let him throw as much. Um, today it was more – I mean, he had 43 pass attempts as they played from behind. But they're just – the offense is just really slowed down. Um, and we said it. We talked last week how, like – Three, four weeks ago, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson. Yeah, league winners. Now you're like, oh, shit, do I start them next week? It's funny how the game shifts, man. Yeah, that was actually – I was, uh, you know, for my uh, – my I said my, my GPP lineups uh, for today. I went with Kyler Murray. I did an Arizona stack, and I did a Seattle stack because everyone was so down on these guys that it was just, you know, game theory tells you to to do that. And, uh, yeah, I and thought it, Murray was was fine at DFS because you get him alone. And 
He got three touchdowns, but man. Right, but where who are you stacking him with? Nobody was stacking him with fucking Dan Arnold. Yeah, of course. I mean, two <laughs> catches, both for touchdowns. And uh, you know, Hopkins and Ramsey, you know, he wound up finishing with a, a solid line, eight for fifty-two and a touchdown, thirteen targets, but you know, he was battling a lot with Jalen Ramsey. Uh but yeah, I mean, this Cardinals team is just they've been again. If they didn't have that Hail Mary pass to DeAndre Hopkins, uh, they're staring at a uh, five-game losing streak right now. Instead, they've lost four out of five. But they have not been playing well at all. They yeah, get the Giants are, next week, which they, won't be easy. Who is it? The Giants defense is – they're on the road against the Giants. Oh, that's right. That's right. The Giants defense is good. Giants defense is good. They might not get in the playoffs, man, because right now I believe Minnesota is in over them. Um, did Minnesota beat them this year? Is that why? No, I guess they have a better, I don't know. I just saw that Minnesota is ahead of them right now at six and six, but they have the Giants, Eagles, 49ers and Rams again. So that's not an easy schedule. The Eagles should be, but, and that's the other thing too. Jalen Hurts, is he going to start next week over Carson Wentz? They still didn't announce it. Right. What do you think? I, I feel like, in, in all honesty, I think that they have to go with Hurts. I think so, too. I mean, it's like, how much how much more do we need to see from Wentz? It's just he's been given a long leash. It's not happening. You know, we saw glimpses from Hurts. He had the nice touchdown pass. I think you probably – I mean, look, they're 3-8-1. Th- and one. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, ah, then again, you paid Wentz all this money, though, right? That's probably what the decision is. It's like, well, we paid this guy. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> You're like, damn, how much money do we give this dude? I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe they try and work out a trade or something like that. But yeah, that's and there you go. And then another reason why teams just don't want to be giving out big contracts anymore you know it's like you know it's it's not the same like you know in baseball you can sit there and give a guy you know you give a hitter you know a, a, a five-year deal and and be happy about that you can't do that in football like you just can't do it i mean unless it's a, a qb who's like established himself and shown you that you know he's capable you know and that's few and far between anymore these days so yeah, it's uh, it's it's crazy, and teams just get saddled with it. I mean, it's a good thing that the the contracts aren't guaranteed in the NFL. I mean, it's good for the owners. It's not great for the players. Yeah, but that's why they, these QBs try to get those huge, huge signing bonuses. Yeah. Uh, unreal, unreal. Anything else from today? Kirk Cousins delivers in the second half, finally again. Yeah, uh, that was. Kind of expected. I mean, again, you needed them to kind of be in a competitive game in order for him to throw 43 times. It worked out. Cam Akers. I was just going to ask you about Cam 72 Akers. 72 yards and a TD, man. I know Henderson got hurt, but Henderson did come back in the game. Uh, I think it's three straight games he scored now, I guess. Yeah, I guess we'll have to push him up the rankings next week. How then, high uh, are you going to How high are then, you going to rank Cam Akers? I think he's got to be in the RB2 conference. Well, uh, they got the Patriots. The Patriots defense isn't that good. We know that. You can run on the Patriots, D, yeah. unless you're uh, Austin Eckler, apparently. Yeah, and Anthony Lynn is your head coach. Um, <laughs> but Akers' schedule, he's got the Patriots, the Jets, Seattle, and the Cardinals. But I don't even think that really matters. They want to run the football. I think sometimes McVay runs it too much. He did that today a, a couple times at the goal line. 
I think it's because they don't have a ton of faith in Goff. Um, but yeah, I, I think so. I think I think we can go Acres in the RB two range now. We'll see. And next week, uh, Henderson will get more touches. <laughs> Ain't that right? the way, baby? But I don't know. I mean, twenty one this week. I mean, this was finally the game he went to. I know you could say, oh, only 3.4 yards of carry. But there were some play calls where you knew they were running the football. I'm like sitting there like, what are you? I think there was a, I think it was uh, near the goal line, four straight plays to him or three out of four. Maybe Malcolm Brown had one. I'm like, why are you keep running? They're stopping it. You got Woods and Cup. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's what I, I, McVay does that. I think he realized he doesn't trust Goff 100%. And I can't blame him. I can't blame him either. I, you, we've just we've seen it too many times. How many times have we seen Goff just you know shit the bed in, in a spot where he's not supposed to? Um, he's just he's you know he's not good at reading defenses. He definitely doesn't work well under pressure either. So yeah, and that's what's going to happen is they'll get in the playoffs and they'll face a defense that puts pressure on him and he's going to fold because this team you know has a good defense. Uh, they got eight wins. You know, I underestimated them. Uh, I did, I was like, you know, they beat the f- four NFC East teams to open the year. The Bears, I'm like, eh. But, you know, pretty good win today. They beat Tampa. So they're solid. I don't think they're going to make a Super Bowl run. But they're a solid team. But at some point in against a good team in the playoffs, they're going to need Goff to come through. And that's where I worry. Yeah. Oh, as soon as he starts getting too much pressure, it's always, yeah, it's, it's the same thing. We've seen it over and over again with him. Um, you know, and that was, that was one of the things also you just saw with defenses, they would sit there and, you know, they would disguise coverage until they knew that, uh, the headsets were turned off from the coach, from the sidelines and they would change up the formation because they knew that he was just, just piss poor at reading defenses on the fly. Um, just kind of did him in. They definitely did him in. So, um, all right. Well, anything else from uh, from the week? Something that we should highlight? You want to uh, you want to you want to give some thoughts on uh, the Monday night games? Maybe throw down a little action there. Pittsburgh. Um, I think the line is uh, is it five and a half or six and a half now? Yeah, man, that line has moved, man. It was like ten, and then it was eight for a while. So I I was liking Washington, but man, that line keeps moving. Um, I do think they keep this game close, though. So I guess I'll stick with Washington. Well, I'm so, I guess it depends. I see six and a half here, I think five somewhere else. So I think Washington can cover. I think there's a tough spot for the Steelers. Short week. They have a primetime game Sunday night against the Bills. Maybe they look ahead. Uh, so run game could be an issue. Connor not expected to play. Some and the Washington's defense been good. They essentially had like a bye week. They haven't played since Thanksgiving. So they've had plenty of time to prepare for this game. So I'll take the points. Uh, This would have been a game much better to hop on earlier in the week because it was like open at 10, then was steady at eight. But yeah, it keeps moving in the wrong direction. And uh, I think the 49ers beat the Bills. I think the 49ers beat the Bills as well. I was kind of, you know, I'm I'm kind of on the uh on the on the Steelers laying the points um side for me. I mean, that's just, you know, I I I Connor Connor's a non-entity for me. Really what kind of, you know, what what turned me off a little bit was Big Ben being banged up again and all of a sudden landing on the injury report again late with the uh with the knee. But um 
you know, I still think that passing game, the secondary for Washington is not very good. That front seven is great. Absolutely. But the secondary still really isn't that good. That's why I was kind of tilting. I'm leaning on the Steelers there. Buffalo, San Francisco. I'm right there with you in lockstep. This game, this line right now, it's uh, it's San Francisco's getting a point. I took it in the super contest uh, where San Francisco's getting two and a half points. Um, super psyched about that one there. Um, what's your, uh, what's your thought game breakdown wise? Does Raheem Mostert get like 45 fantasy points? Cause I could actually use that. Not 45, but 42. I can, I can deal with 42. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Oh. I expect, I expect a good game from him. Look, I think San Francisco has dealt with so much this year. And I think Shanahan's done a good job, uh, to keep them afloat and they'll get Brandon Ayuk back. Got Debo Samuel. So uh, and I think Buffalo has been up and down and we've seen the bills, you know, struggle a little bit offensively, especially without John Brown. So uh, I think the 49ers can pull this one off. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, we'll check in tomorrow and see what we got going on. Adam and I both like the 49ers. He likes the, the Washington footballs and I like me the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we'll see how that turns out. That's going to do it for us here tonight on Anti Up. Big thanks to all you guys for tuning in. Always, and I mean this, always a pleasure to get to uh, to hang with you, Adam. Uh, I love the I, dude. I, I do. I love the. I love when we fight. I really do. No, I know. Look, I think it's better. <laughs> Look, I've always said this numerous times on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio throughout the years. I feel like there's a lack of debate on that channel. And I don't want it to be forced. I would argue with Scott Engel all the time. I would argue with Dr. Roto. I argue with Fensterman. So it's not, I just think it's good for the listener. They hear different sides instead of everyone. Oh, I agree. I agree. I just think it needs to be organic. We didn't even, we didn't, we didn't even talk about this. It, all of the stuff that we knew here, because our, our script coming into tonight was recap the games. We didn't talk beforehand. We're busy watching games all day. We didn't even, th- I didn't even think Corey Davis was going to be a debate as long as it was. No, it yeah. happens organically, <laughs> which is the way it should be. I agree. I Listen, believe me, nothing would make me more happy than for you and I to be able to do a show on Sirius where we don't have to like watch our language because I think that kind of helps. <laughs> it would be you. wild. It would be wild. It helps. I think it just helps our situation a little bit better, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Look, we're both passionate about this. We both have a strong stance, and there's going to be times that we disagree. We obviously see eye to eye on a lot of things, but just like anything in any walk of life, you're going to have disagreements. I just feel like there's not enough of it. I don't know. Part of me thinks it's because some people are too sensitive, and they take it personal, and then they let it linger afterwards, where we don't do that. Like We go at each other's throats. Sometimes you curse at me. Sometimes I curse at you. But once we end this, we're cool. We have no problems. We don't take it personally. And a lot of people do. I think that's the issue. I, just me personally. I don't know what you think, but I think that's why you don't see as much debate because it gets heated. People get angry, but it's not personal. I'm not. It's just we have different sides. That's it. Yeah. It's not personal. Oh, see, for me, it's totally personal. Man. Okay. I was, well, was going to I was, I was start. I was going to start cracking on the ponytail. I was going to, you know. <laughs> which by the way, I just want you to know, I'm going to give you a run for my money here because we're in shelter in place now here in, uh, in California. 
Oh, it's the whole state now? I thought it was – I saw L.A. specifically the yeah, other day. Up here too in, uh, in the okay. northern area as well. So um, I'm, I haven't had a haircut. And, uh, and I'm going to – by the end of this whole quarantine thing, Adam, I too am going to have a ponytail as, uh, as handsome as yours. All right. And then once you do, then I'll cut mine. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. You said who it knows? wasn't personal, Rodas. We might we who knows? I mean, we might get to the point where we have the same issue here, man. So I hope not, but numbers are going up everywhere. Yeah. That's a story for another time. That's gonna do it for us here tonight. Thanks so much for everybody for listening. For Adam Ronas, I'm Howard Bender. This has been Anti Up, and we will catch you next time.